Welcome to the new Right to 9-11 podcast. I am Victoria Gibbony. I am currently a freshman at Indiana University East. I am majoring in secondary education with a focus on history and how the minds have caused the history we know today. This podcast was created as a part of a history course at Indiana University East. This class by the same name explored major themes in the U.S. from the 1960s to the early 2000s. In this episode, I will be discussing the third wave of feminist movement, focusing on the riot girl movement. Before I begin, I would like to issue a trigger warning. This episode contains discussions of sexual and physical violence. The riot girl movement was a punk rock movement beginning in the early 1990s. Women in Olympia, Washington started the riot girl movement because they wanted to diversify the punk genre. And they used the movement to address issues that the men in the industry ignored. The founding all-girl riot girl bands included Bikini Kill, Bratmobile, and Pussy Riot. These women shed light on more pressing matters than that of what the men were singing about during this time. These women were mainly focused on all the dark things that they as women go through in society. As Rita Capella states in her essay on Riot Girl, the music was angry and relentless, but also energetic, weary, and optimistic. They sang about different sexual crimes committed against women, such as rape, physical abuse, even abortion. This musical movement flourished and inspired the creation of the zines, where teens would make their own magazines to help spread the word of the Riot Girl movement. Through my examination of the Riot Girl movement, I noticed many songs and zines focus on the issue of violence against women, with particular focus on sexual violence. This observation has led me to believe that the Riot Girl movement was a Me Too movement. Women participation in Riot Girl hope to prove that they can can be as much punk rockers as the men who said they couldn't. Punk rock men believed women to be too fragile to be punk. Throughout this episode, I will explain how Riot Girl women use music and zines to shed light onto sexual assault. This movement was is still prevalent to this day, for we still have female artists singing about all the injustices in today's society. And we also have different ways of getting the word out there about these injustices, like the zines of the 1990s. Bandmates of Gang of Four, an English all-male post-punk band, in an interview with Grail Marcus stated that women and men's music should not be equal in any way. These men were comparing themselves to the up-and-coming women's punk rock group, The Raincoats, an English all-girl post-punk band. They believed that they were too feminine to be punk rock and that women could not be true punk rockers because they were not masculine. They believed punk rock to be only masculine music. The women of the Riot Girl movement wanted to change this perception. There were multiple women groups in this movement. 
and through their music they hoped to examine hardships that women went through to prove that their music would not be feminine, that it would be dark and twisted in the ways of rape, sexual, and physical assault. In the song Dead Men Don't Rape by Seven Year Bitch questions why a woman that refuses sex is considered uptight or prude. In the first section of the song, they sing, You ain't got the right telling me I'm uptight and I'm not obliged to give in because you're frustrated. The song lyrics argue that no matter if you as a woman say no, some men will not listen and will ignore you and force themselves upon you. There was also a group called Bikini Kill who produced a song named White Boy which discusses how men believe that women are asked for rape even when they say no or stop. The song states, Lay me spread eagle out on your hill. Yeah, then I'll write a book about it, about how I wanted to die. It's hard to talk with your dick in my mouth. I will try to scream in pain a little nicer next time. They wanted to show in this song that it that no matter what you say or do, it will never be enough to stop them from raping you. The song Me and a Gun by Tori Amos is a very emotional representation of rape. The lyrics state, it was me and a gun and a man on my back. I sang holy, holy as he unbuttoned his pants. The artist wanted to show the emotion of what it is like as a woman being raped at gunpoint. The women of the riot girl movement wanted to be heard and not ignored for their problems. For their problems were just as prevalent as the men's problems. You may have heard some of the newer Riot Girl music, such as Dollhouse by Melanie Martinez, produced in 2015. In this record, she discusses family issues that people hide and don't let them look through the curtain, as she says, meaning don't let them know that they have any problems. She has also produced an album called K-12, through all about multiple issues in today's society, such as orange juice in this album, which discusses problems with body dysmorphia and anorexia. The whole album focuses on issues found in the school system that are swept under the rug just as they did back then, back in the day about rape. So, the 1990s Riot Girl movement helped pave the way for new artists to open up and write about different tragedies that befall people today. The Riot Girl movement was not just about using songs to be heard. They also used zines. Zines are handmade, also known as do-it-yourself magazines, used to spread information on the different experiences. Women, transgender, and people of the LGBTQ community created zines to express themselves. Ezekiel Zabel 
the woman who made the first online zine called the Girl Zine Network states in her article, Zine Girls and Ladies at Work. Zines became an outlet for women and queer youth to express themselves and to make their stories revolving around issues like rape, sexual abuse, and coming out, and eating disorders heard. The movement was not just for women after this point, but for anyone with problems that are not talked about. Zines were, the, were a way of expressing oneself in ways that had not yet been done before. The zines helped more people, teens mainly, feel as though they had a voice and that they are heard. This movement of the zines was not only in the United States. It spread throughout the world from Canada to Brazil. The best way to describe how they made zines is by giving an example of scrapbooking. They would cut and draw pictures and scrapbook their own magazines, also known as zines, to express themselves. They would glue, tape, and print different objects onto paper and write either a small description of what they were feeling, or they would write articles, stories, or poems on different problems they f have found in the world. They would tell their own experiences or express experiences of those around them who did not want other people to know who they are and what kind of struggles they are going through. Zines were not just a way to get their voices heard, but also a way to find people to resonate with. Unlike teenagers now who have social media like Facebook and TikTok where you can easily find someone who has been through the same or similar horrors that you have been through. The teenagers of the 1990s did not have an easily accessible way to talk to other people than the telephone, which could only be used for so long. The zines were more impactful than magazines of the time because it was not showing people how they were not skinny enough or not pretty enough. They told actual life-changing stories. They showed that no one's life is perfect and no one in this world is as alone as, alone as they thought. The, the zines showed the world that no matter how much they ignored the sexual assault that was happening to their daughters, sisters, and friends, it was still happening. And they as women needed to find a way to talk about what had happened to them without feeling like they were being ignored or pitied. So if we look back on this movement as a whole, it was not mainly a movement on women's rights or inequality. It was about feeling heard as a person. These women used their voices in ways that had not yet been used before. They used the power of song to show that women can be punk. They can be as dark and twisted as any of the men in the industry by using their own or other women's experiences with sexism and sexual assault. They also use the power of ingenuity to build their own zines and get the word out to other females in queer use that they are not alone and that they did not have to feel alone anymore. The movement is still prevalent to this day. 
Teens today still have their own Riot Girl music. As I stated before, they have singers like Melanie Martinez, where they sing about prevalent problems in today's society. The difference is it, it has spread from not only punk music, but it can be found in many, if not all, genres across the world. Teens now also have a lot of different kinds of social media where they can express themselves freely. The movement's introduction to the zines paved the way for people to be able to freely express themselves and tell their stories. Teens have the ability to write their own blogs to help the whole world know the different kinds of experiences they have ex received to write and and or what they themselves have experiences experienced and it can be can now be viewed worldwide so i am going to leave you with this thought how do you feel the riot girl movement has impacted the world we live in today